Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's story is about a love poem, being in the right place at the right time, and fish raining from the sky. It's also about me, your host, Anupam Kher. But mostly, it's about making you smile. Welcome to Anupam Cares, Chapter 7, Poetic Justice. <laughs> this is the story of my first crush. And it starts with the family planning department of the government of India. But it's probably not what you think. In the mid-1960s, the Indian government set up the family planning department. The department's goal was to spread important health information and help manage the country's population. And one easy way was to show films. When I was a boy, I attended these screenings at Naba House. Naba House was the locality I lived in, in Shimla. And that's where I met her. That night, the department was screening the 1967 blockbuster film, Upkar. The famous song. The film was chosen because it features a character, a doctor, who speaks positively on family planning. It was probably important information, but seconds before the film started, a young girl my age sat down next to me 
and suddenly nothing else existed. I was looking at the screen, but I wasn't watching the screen. Honestly, as soon as she sat down, the film could have been anything. It could have been a montage of my most embarrassing moments. My mother hitting me on the bum with stinging nettles could have been playing on a loop in the background and I wouldn't have even noticed. About halfway through the film, I mustered up the courage to reach over and touch her hand. I held my breath and fixed my gaze straight ahead. I was too scared to look down. But after a split second that felt like an eternity, she intertwined her fingers with mine. I was washed in a feeling of pure bliss. I never wanted the film to end. But of course, it did. At the time, I was quite shy. So as soon as the film ended, I took my hand away, got up and left without saying a word. I floated back to my house on a cloud. I was in love. I settled in for bed with visions of my future with my love and then the gravity of my sudden departure set in. Wait, the movie ended and I just, I, I, I just walked away? Why would I do that? Why didn't I say anything? What if she never knows that I love her? This can't be the end of our story. Of course, our town was small. Virtually everyone knew everyone else. So I didn't need to be Sherlock Holmes to find her again. But before I set off to look for her, the girl's brother found me first. He told me that his sister asked him to deliver something and handed me a piece of paper. She had written a letter. I opened the note, which was in Hindi. Mere pyare Anupam, jab se tumhe dekha hai, meri raaton ki neend ud gayi hai aur din ka karar chala gaya hai. My dear Anupam, since the time I have seen you, my nights are sleepless and my days are restless. There was more, but, but you get the gist. No matter what critics say, I still think Indian films have a good influence on kids. At the very least, they teach them how to write love letters. <laughs> I read it again and again. And then finally, the girl's brother tugged at my sleeve and whispered, Make it fast. How much more time will you take to read the letter? But I didn't have time for his nonsense. I took the letter to my friend Vijay Segal, who has starred in almost all my escapades, romantic or otherwise. And as he read the letter, he made a very profound observation. He said, hmm, this is a love letter. Yes, I said, very excited and then exasperated. But what do I do about it? Well, we must write her a love letter back, of course. And then he shot me a serious look and added, and it has to be good. I was a little bit comforted when I heard him say, we have to write her a love letter. I wasn't in this alone, but I was still panicked. But, but, but I have never written a love letter before. How do I know if it's good enough? All of a sudden, I felt like cursing a perfect, thoughtful, romantic letter. The bar was set too high. 
Vijay thought for a moment and then his face lit up. I know. We find the best books on poetry, pick out a love poem and write it out in a letter to her. After furiously leafing through the poetry books we could find Vijay and I selected what we thought was a perfect poem. It read Kisi ke kaan mein heera kisi ke gale mein heera mujhe heeron se kya lena mera mehboob hai heera. Some put diamonds in their ears some put them around the neck. Why am I concerned about diamonds? My loved one is a diamond in herself. Uh, uh. It was not a good poem, but it fit the bill. I copied it out and signed my name. <laughs> I was so satisfied with my letter, and I was certain that when she read it, she would be absolutely overcome with love for me. And I was right. We were in love. <laughs> All of a sudden. I was a relationship expert. So when she told me that in a relationship after exchanging letters the next step is to exchange photographs, I replied, "Of course. Of course I was going to suggest the same thing. In fact, I've already taken a photo for you." And then I rushed to Shimla's popular mall road and had my photograph taken. It was the first time ever I had my official photo taken. Passport size, of course. Later that very same day there was a performance based on the classic Indian epic Ramayan called Ramleela. It used to happen every year during the Dashara time. It was the perfect setting for the next step in our romance. We met at the theater, climbed up onto the seats in the balcony and settled in for the start of the show. When Ramleela started, I reached over and held her hand. Everything else faded away. I actually forgot all about exchanging the photographs until in the middle of the show my girlfriend handed me her picture. Excited, I took out my photograph from my pocket. But just as I was about to give it to her, the audience started clapping loudly. Apparently I had picked up the wrong moment and in a fit of enthusiasm the person next to me jolted my elbow the photograph slipped and as it left my fingers it spun down over the side of the balcony I peered over the railing to see where my photograph had landed and then my absolute shock and horror the photo fell right into someone's lap not just any lap but the lap of my very own mother mama as it turns out my mother had also gone to the theater that night to watch ramleela and as fate would have it she had decided to sit in the lower seats right under the balcony where my love and i were sitting my mother picked up the photograph and realized the boy in the picture was me she then turned the photo over I should mention my first love letter had gone so well that I had decided to give my girlfriend another poem on the back of my photograph. This time another song from another film Chandan Sabadan Chanchal Tyatvan on the flip side of the photo I had poured my heart out Your body is as smooth as sandalwood 
Your smile is so beautiful. Oh world, do not blame me if I fall in love with you. Lovingly yours, Anupama. <laughs> there was no way I would be able to talk myself out of this one. Not only was the photographic evidence in her lap, I had signed it as well, Anupam. My mother looked up to scan the faces in the balcony. As soon as I saw her lift her chin up, I ducked back over the railing and dove to hide behind Vijay, who of course was on the date with me, just a few rows behind us. That evening, the line, Hey, dharti ma, mujhe apni god mein samale kehane wale. Oh, Mother Earth, split and hide me in your womb was delivered by two people. The heroine of the play, Sita, and me. For quite a long time after the play ended, I wandered around here and there, anywhere to put off going home. Ultimately, I had to go back and face the music. When I arrived at home, it was quiet. Too quiet. I walked in the door and saw my parents sitting. It didn't seem like my mother had told my father because he barely looked up when I walked in. Hello, Bitu. Where have you been, Bita? My mother asked, casually examining her hands, which were folded one over the other in her lap. Suspicious, I said, oh, 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 Mama, just, just, just walking around. Ah, I see, my mother said. I was relieved she was going to pretend like nothing had happened tonight. She turned her back to look at my father. Hmm, do you smell that? My father looked confused. What do you smell? My mother responded, Sandalwood? And moved her fingers over so slightly so I could see the photograph was underneath her hand. I've been trying my whole life to recreate the drama my mother created in that moment. Needless to say, I did not pursue a career in poetry, probably the best outcome for everyone's sake. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the last day of my first love. However, this next story is very poetic. It almost feels like a long lost chapter from the Odyssey. It also involves unexpected things falling out of the sky. But don't worry, I won't attempt to turn it into one of my famous poems for you. In a small town of La Union, Honduras, there is a mysterious spectacle. It happens once or twice a year, usually in the early summer. It starts with dark, puffy clouds gathering on the horizon. Winds begin to blow, thunder starts to crack, and then a torrential storm dumps buckets of rain, and everyone must run inside their mud-brick homes and take shelter. And that's when things become strange. That's when it begins to rain fish. The event is called Uvia de Pesas, or the rain of fish. And it has been happening in this region of Honduras for the last 200 years. After the wind and the rain subsides, the people of La Union step out of their homes and gather in the nearby pasture. When they arrive, they discover hundreds of small silver fish flopping helplessly in the grass. 
and it happens this way every year. The fish are collected and shared with the entire village. The community is far from the sea. And for many of the people in this inland territory, it is the only time of year they are able to get seafood. It sounds unbelievable, right? But it's not as unusual as it sounds. This isn't even the only example of fish rainstorm. Tornadoes are known to slurp up entire ponds and then deposit the frogs and other swamp creatures on the ground, sometimes landing right on the heads of unsuspecting bystanders. Water spouts, which are basically oceanic tornadoes, are also known to suck up fish and dump them inland. But what makes the uvea de peces so different from other fish falls is the consistency. The event seems to occur like clockwork every year. It also feels extra fantastical because no one has ever actually seen these fish fall from the sky. Because of the storm's great intensity, villagers have to stay inside throughout the duration of the rainfall. So... The fish seem to just magically appear in the field once the villagers emerge from their homes. The villagers see the annual rainfall as a holy demonstration. A local farmer told the New York Times, It's a miracle. We see it as a blessing from God. As the story goes, the annual blessing first began in the mid-1800s. At the time, the village was experiencing a severe food shortage. A Spanish missionary named Father Jose Manuel Subirana prayed that God would end the suffering. And then, the answer to his prayers fell from the sky. It was fish. And it was delicious. Now, villagers hold an annual festival in Father Subirana's honor. Believers parade effigies of the priest down the street as the New York Times reports, young women compete to be elected Senorita Uvia de Peces, Miss Fish Rain. The winner of the pageant rides a parade float dressed like a mermaid. Of course, religion isn't the only way the phenomena has been explained. Scientists have some theories too. Some scientists think that the fish are being lifted by strong water spouts over the Atlantic Ocean, which is approximately 200 kilometers away from La Union. Another theory is that these fish aren't falling from the sky, but rather rising from the earth. Some scientists believe that these fish actually live underground in rivers below the village, and the heavy rains cause the fish to bubble up to the surface. Regardless of where the fish actually come from, for the people of La Union, the event is a way to celebrate the community's values. Every year, it's customary for those who gather the fish to make sure the feast is evenly distributed among all of the families. Everyone shares the bounty. Everyone gets a little piece of the miracle. That's it for today's episode. I'm Anupam Kher. Be kind to yourself and thank you for listening.
अनुपम केयर इज ए प्रोडक्शन ऑफ आई हार्ट रेडियो आई एम योर होस्ट अनुपम केयर आर एग्जीक्यूटिव प्रोड्यूसर इज मंगेश हाथीकुडूर सीनियर प्रोड्यूसर जूलियन वेलर एसोसिएट प्रोड्यूसर मॉर्गन लावॉय साउंड डिजाइन एंड मिक्सिंग बाय जूलियन वेलर एंड डैन बाउजा म्यूजिक बाय एरोन कॉफमैन प्रोडक्शन सपोर्ट फ्रॉम एमिली मैरिनॉफ एंड मैरी ड्यू राइटिंग बाय लूकस राइली मैट रिडल मार्गुन लाबॉय एंड जूलियन वेलर लूकस राइली एंड मैट रिडल आर आर स्टोरी एडिटर्स थैंक्स टू सिकीन पारू हर्मन डिसूजा गॉडविन अमाना सीडीएम स्टूडियोज कॉर्नल बर्न एंड बॉब पिटमिन It was not a good poem. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, "Well, I had this career before, but it was a waste." And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest. To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.